This is the Town Roots Podcast, episode number 20. Welcome to the Town Roots Podcast, the podcast of, about, and for Oakland. No matter if you live in the town, do business here, or are visiting, we have something for you. And now, your hosts, Anthony Wilson and Vincent Hayes. Today, we're joined with Arm from Federation Brewing down in Jack London. And uh, we're going to talk about Federation Brewing, a, a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I love a good beer. So excited to hear more about what you guys are doing. Well, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Federation and, and how you guys got started and how could we come down and check out your, your brewery? Yeah, so we are a brewery. We've been in, let's see, we've been, we opened our doors in our current location, which is uh, on 3rd, just off Broadway, right near Jack London. We opened our doors in March of 2017, so five years now, actually. And it was me and one of my best friends since junior high and my dad. We started this up. I grew up in the Bay, and then I just sort of, I got a little itchy down here, and I, I threw a dart at a map and moved to Portland for a while. And when you move to Portland, basically, when you go to the DMV to get your driver's license, they also give you a homebrew kit. And I was tending bar up there and brewing and, and really got into the service industry and, and, and into beer specifically. And, and after a while up there, the Federation Brewing, like a lot of, a lot of breweries, was a home brewing habit that got way out of hand. And so I spent a few years in Portland and then came to the realization that I was, in fact, a Californian and require a steady dose of sunshine and and cannot take the uh, the seasonal swings that 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 Portland is subject to. If you look you grow up around here and uh, you you get soft. You move here. I, I got friends moved here from New York, Boston, Missouri, whatever and they're like, "Dude, I thought you guys were a bunch of wimps when I moved out here and now I can't take it if it gets below 55." Like if this week is so cold, everyone's like, <laughs> "So anyways, I am one of those too." And so Which I have to I, come back. I, I hear that from other people too. People I know that live here who came from cold weather places now say so they can't go back to the cold weather place. So yep. I, I, that's, that's why we pay what we do to live here. I, I had to come back home and it's been about a decade that this has been a decade long project. Now we started in 2014, uh, Contract brewing, which is when you you take your recipe, you go and brew it at a different brewery, and then you take your stuff with you, take your beer with you and sell it yourself. What we did was we got ourselves a little warehouse out by the Coliseum and dropped a refrigerated shipping container into it. Because if you're looking for temporary cold storage, that's the way you do it. You don't want to build a cold room. Oakland's a port city. <laughs> you just you go down to the port and you find that you find someone and <laughs> particularly right now, if you want shipping containers. We, the U.S. is heavy on those right now. They're all here and they can't get back to China. You want to ship a container now is a good time for a deal. But so anyways, that was, that we, we did that for a couple of years while we found ourselves a home. And the, the commercial real estate aspect of this was absolutely the, the hardest and worst part of it. Like brew, brewing beer is fun and negotiating a lease sucks. So that took us, <laughs> that and the build out took us another, you know, two, two, two and a half years or so. Uh, and then March 2017, we opened our doors, and and we've been growing ever since. I love the story. So you said this was a home brewing thing that got out of hand. I think is what you said. Yep. So you just started doing yeah. it at home. You had a kid at home, and you started doing it at home, and people came over and tried it, and someone said you should sell this. 
Yeah, it's funny the uh, it's funny how much people absolutely love your beer when you're giving it to them for free. They will encourage they will encourage you to keep brewing to keep it so that they will continue to have a supply of beer. But yeah, no, we it was something that that I realized that I had a knack and a passion for, and and it's not hard to to all of a sudden find yourself. I was brewing. There, there was a summer when I think I supplied beer for four different weddings for my friends. Like that, that, that's how you, that's how you get, you, you start to realize that you have the germ of a business here when all of a sudden you're spending every weekend on something that's not, that's more than a hobby, but less than a profession, but something that someone's counting on to get married with. You're like, huh, this is real. Okay. Yeah, maybe I can do this. Yeah, that's and then I started. Well, I also started working in a brewery as well. I didn't just come into this cold. There was a, there's a there was a brewery down in Redwood City. There continues to be a brewery in Redwood City called Free Wheel Brewing. And Matt and I, Matt's my my business partner, and we were involved in that from the very beginning. Helping, we, we worked on their build out. And Matt's a chef. He's been a chef. He's, he's worked in restaurants since he was. 15 when we were in high school is matt your friend um, from junior high your best friend from junior high yep 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 we met in the in in we met in the the back row of junior high band i played bass <laughs> and he played tuba our band teacher called us the low people and we adopted that we're like yeah we're yeah we're the low people we'll, we'll bring you down to our level sure <laughs> so how did you get dad roped in uh <laughs> uh dad uh dad likes drinking beer and, and about the time he retired he was looking for something to do and it turned out that he was uh, he was better at keeping the books than i was. and i said yeah this is you you've, you've got a head for this because he yeah he he had been in in small business banking for a bunch of years mm-hmm. and so to have someone who was a, who really knew what who, who knew what a, a small business plan looked like uh, and how it's how to access to capital for a small business like us is super tricky and to have someone who knows the ropes of the industry like that is is invaluable we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be anywhere if we hadn't if i didn't have his experience and 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 wisdom oh certainly i can imagine how handy that came when you know your dad was a small business banker and yeah. you're starting a small business that I mean, that's a great place yeah, to there you go yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so what was the aha moment where you said to yourself we might have something here i think it was uh I, I remember there was one night when when Matt and I were sitting around drinking beer and we just we had we had a, we just had like you say that moment where look are we going forward are we doing this are we can we look at each can we look each other in the eyes and shake each other's hand and say we are committed to this this is happening and yeah we were sitting around drinking beer and we said look we've been BSing on this for a while but if, if we do this now like this is the time. This is the time, and this is the place. And that was that was the end of 2011, early 2012, and that was when we and that was when the project started. It was it's been a decade, but it was just it was for for both of us. It was a dream to be able to operate our own because we we believe not only in in making the beer, but in providing a place. We but we both believe in bars. It sounds a little funny to say that you believe in bars, but the, the idea what I, what I find beautiful about bars and the industry in general is that they provide that. And that's, what's been so difficult during COVID. They provide that third space. You're not home. You're not at work. And you're also not at a place. You're at a place that encourages you to stay. It's not come get your thing, get out. The whole point is you're supposed to sit there. Mm-hmm. Like it is a community space. Like if you, it's, that and the library are pretty much the two places that'll let you hang out all day. And if I'm going to go, if I go to a new city that I don't know, where am I going to go to meet people? I'm probably going to go to a bar. I'm going to go to a brewery. I'm going to go to a place where people are sitting there and hanging out with the point of being social. 
It's uh, when we open. Actually, I just I, we lost it in, in in a little remodel we did, but I actually just pulled it off off of a dusty shelf the other day. When we opened, we put up a a little this little uh, bus station key locker that was the perfect size for people to to put their phones in. And what we would do is, if you would lock up your phone in there and give us the key, we give you your first pint for a dollar. So that we would guarantee that you would, <laughs> we'd hold the key so your phone was safe. <laughs> but just to, to make sure that this is an experience that people have in the real world, it's, I, it sounds like I'm describing something very obvious and basic, but it's really the point of this whole endeavor is, and it's even why we named the place Federation is because it's the whole point of people coming together. Oakland has a long, proud history of, of labor movements and of social movements, and fe- federation is is intended to to encompass all that, to to embody the the spirit of the town that way. Nice. So I love the idea of locking up people's phones. So tell me about what happened there. Did it force people to engage with each other, or with the bartenders, <laughs> with the staff? What happened? I think it did. Did, did a lot of people do it? Uh, no, <laughs> people like their phones, but pe- people responded to it just philosophically. They, uh-huh. it, it was something they were happy to see. And then when we shuffled a bunch of stuff around and then once COVID hit, here's the thing, once COVID hit, you had to have a phone to even order a beer, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because we were because we had to shift all of our seating outside and everyone had to order off QR code because they couldn't come in the building. And anyone who's been to a restaurant in the last or a bar or whatever in the last two years knows what I'm talking about. Like you had to scan a little QR code uh-huh. and whatever. And that that definitely changed the the sort of communal experience and we're only now starting to get back to it and and that that was our our big covid pivot was that was the 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 change in the nature of our business and how we were selling beer to people and the the the, how people were getting our beer it wasn't just here it was we had to expand out and we we started doing home deliveries and stuff like that and and that enabled to keep us afloat but boy sitting and drinking beer at home just isn't the same is it so I love the idea of the locking up of the phone. I think it's 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 a, a neat idea because it you know forces people to to engage. And you said some people did it and some people liked their phone too much. But I'm curious, the people who wouldn't get hand over their phone, right? Did it did it at least create the mindset of we want you to engage so they were on the phone less than they otherwise might have been? Did you I think so, yeah. Phone? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. That's cool. And so what's the ambiance like? Do you have, is it like a bunch of TVs with sports on? Is it music? I know you guys do comedy. Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. So tell me about no sports tell, tell on the TVs. So we've grown and expanded by bits and pieces. The interesting thing about how we started off. So we're, we're right at the edge of the produce district here where every, if you've been down here ever, you know, in the evening, around 10 o'clock in the evening, all the produce trucks roll up from the valley and wherever they're coming from. You got these big rigs in there. They're blocking the street because it's, it's four, four square blocks of just open air produce and so it and then it's just a forklift ballet all night long and then in the and then around about four or five a.m in the morning all the local distributors and local markets and local restaurants come here in their in their in their smaller vans and trucks and whatever and start picking out the produce they want and it's a it's just a really neat scene to see if it to, to any of the listeners if you haven't if you haven't been down in the produce area either kind of late at night or a little bit early in the morning Come and check it out. It is cool. It, it is neat to see. And if you need to create a persimmons, like you can get that for, for cash. And it is a it is an economical way. And it's great for me, by the way, because whenever I want to brew with fresh fruit, if I if I want fresh pineapple or a whole a whole pallet worth of raspberries or something, I just go hit my guy and he drops them off like right in front of my door. I just got a pallet of it right there. 
Oh, you were asking about the tasting room. So what our spot is built in is what had been an old produce warehouse. It's 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 the sort of the last one on third before you get to Broadway, and it's a little bit newer than the older buildings. But we originally had at least a 2,000 square, 20 by 100 warehouse and shoved everything in there. We had our tasting room, a little, little area in the front. We had our entire production area in the back and a cold storage area behind that. And every day, if I wanted to, if I needed to load in grain or whatever, I had our forklift that I had to push all the tables in the tasting room to the side and drive the forklift through there. And we were closed a couple days a week just in order to be able to do the production work that we needed. We were closed Monday, Tuesday, just because we, there was all, there was, wasn't room to do everything at once. But what we did was made sure that we had, we had room to grow. We, we ended up having the right of first refusal on the unit next to us that had cold storage built into it already. Oh, nice. Uh, the, these buildings are perfect for, for businesses like ours because this place already had floor drains. It already had heavy power. It had it had a good it had good water service. So the and then with with the cold storage built into the unit next door, we we were able to expand. We were able to add six new fermenters. We were able to open up our tasting room area a little bit. We were able to move the forklift next door so that we could actually not not be pushing tables aside and have to have everything done in order. We could be producing while there were actual customers in the joint, which is cool. People like to see what's actually happening. That's the whole point of coming to a brewery is you want to see you want to see where it's made. And then, so we had that all set. And it, it, I hate this phrase, but industrial chic? Yeah, no, God, I hate that. But it's <laughs> you're drinking in a warehouse. It's a brewery. It's that kind of place. We yeah. got a, we've got a cool mural on the wall that one of my friends did of, of, of our mascot, who's Kegbot. He's a, a robot made out of kegs who keeps the town safe for small beer. And and so then we, we have that all set up and then COVID happened. But we were so <laughs> we were just about to have our third anniversary. Mark 2020, we're about we are about to have our third anniversary party. We've got all the permits pulled to have to, to, to block out. We're gonna have a big block party. We're gonna, you know, cl- close off the street. We had like bands and DJs booked. We had we had vendors. We had a petting zoo booked, and and that was the that was intended to happen the week after the the the, the stay at home shutdown order was mm. announced. Uh-huh. And so at, in the weeks leading up to that, we were like, "Is this going to happen? What is this going to do?" And it's funny because just for a perspective on where everyone's thoughts were at that time, you went back and look at like our social media posts or whatever. And like, all right, guys, we rescheduled our party for May. <laughs> yeah. we'll be back online in May. Everything yeah. will be fine. This thing's going to last three weeks, right? That's what yeah. they said. Oh, no. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I think at the time, most of us thought that was going to be short-lived and yeah. here we are now. So tell me this, what has been the most surprising thing about the business? You say you started this as a home brewing kit project and, and then you guys have the sort of epiphany, Hey, we might have something. Here. And then you're on this journey. Right of of now your your sort of home project is now with this. So what hit you along this path is like I wasn't expecting that. As COVID aside, I think COVID. I think you. I don't think I can tell the story of where I'm at today and to answer your question about what's been the most surprising or interesting thing about that without involving COVID because okay. it's just been it's been for what for forty percent of the time that we've been open to the yeah. public has been COVID and I think the most surprising thing I'll get to this. So when COVID hit, we instantly lost essentially 95% of our revenue Mm. uh, because we were in the business of selling kegs to bars and restaurants and pints of beer to our customers over the bar. 
We were doing a little bit of canning here. We, we had a couple products we put in cans, but it was not a big part of our business. And COVID obviously changed that instantly. All of a sudden, everything had to go in cans. We had to want, we had to shift. Like I say, ninety five percent of our business mm-hmm. had to pivot on a dime within a couple months. And we didn't have a we didn't have a canning line, so we were working with contract canners who come in and bring their canning line and hook it up, and you run it all day, and then they pack it back up and leave from. I think the most interesting thing to me when COVID uh, started, like I say, we were driving our, we were just driving our kegs around in Alameda and Contra Costa. That's what we were doing. We were a little East Bay brewery. Now you can get our beer in cans from Paso Robles up to Reading. We signed on with two distributors. We produced three times more beer by volume in 2021 than we did in 2020. Mm. We grew 3x. I get my friends in Sacramento now who are a little, their little corner market or they went into Rayleigh's or something and they'll send me a, a snap, uh, a picture of my beer like on the shelves. They're like, oh, holy, you, you, it's, the, it's my grocery store, man. I can't believe this. I always, I had always envisioned, you know, and, and you heard me talk about what I enjoy and what, uh, of having the, the nice little spot where people can come and put their phones away and, and get to know each other. But I've, we've ended up running a distribution arm that covers half. And it's a, it's a whole different business than we plan to be. And we, but to know that we have accomplished that and, and survived and, and even thrived in the face of this and because of this is rewarding. And to your question, surprising to have faced down this challenge and to not be dead yet. That's something. That's so interesting because we talk to so many people who tell us, yeah, this is what we were doing before. And then COVID forced us to do it this way. And, and then that made us figure out, well, we should have been doing this way all along. Yeah. It's, and the challenge is that is that you weren't necessarily there. There are like, you're not necessarily built for what you ended up doing. You're you've had, we've had to, we weren't, we weren't, if we were, if our original idea had been, yeah, I want to distribute a ton of beer all over the state of California. We would have a different size facility. We wouldn't be, we wouldn't necessarily be in, in this, in, in the Jack London neighborhood paying, paying these, these higher rents. We'd probably be out in Fairfield or something where you can get a big warehouse for cheap. But, but we have, we've, we recently got our own. Uh, so that's going to help us with our margins. But it's, but I'm working with 4,000 square feet here. And so it's got to be on casters and I got to clear out a space for it and it can't live there. We got to live here. And every day when we can, we got to roll it. And so it's, we are a very different business than we set out to be, but it has been really rewarding to know that we have the flexibility to make that pivot at all. And we are fortunate in that we are in the kind of business that, that we're able to do that. If the, all the restaurants that got shut down or that had to stop operating normally via COVID didn't necessarily have or the same access to different markets that we do for us to be able to sell our, our product in, in, in grocery stores and say, we're in some Safeways, we're in some Trader Joe's. If you're a, if you're a little restaurant, that's not how you, that's not how your product works. You can't start packaging. Yeah. You can sell through, through Grubhub and Uber Eats and whatever, but they're eating up your margins. And then you're still only, you you make your money. Frankly, if you're a restaurant, you make your money off alcohol sales anyways. And so for us to be a manufacturing business, to have that, what had been a secondary revenue stream for us that then became very much primary, very quickly was, was we were lucky to be able to do that. So why start this in Oakland? Why is it important for you guys to be an Oakland business? 
because Oakland's where I live. My my great-grandparents came to Oakland from Armenia around the turn of the last century. And I was, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I was, I'm the first member of my family on my father's side anyway, who wasn't born in either Armenia or in Oakland. I happened to, I was born in LA. My parents were in school. But when I moved back to the Bay from, from Portland, like this was the only place, this is the only place to come. I've been living here for more than 10 years now. And where else am I going to do this? Oakland's where I live. Oakland, I got Oakland's where my family is. Oakland's where, Oakland's where everything is going on, man. I love that story. Before we wrap up, though, I want to hear about the mascot, the keg bot. You got to tell me the story behind that. Ha! All right. <laughs> I'm going to walk over. What I'll do, I'll, I'll send you a picture of this amazing mural that, okay. that my friend did. So we, so I'm going to turn my phone around and check this guy out right here. Oh, and yeah. I like see, that. He's made out of kegs. There and he he represents Oakland. He represents Federation. And look, he's knocking the block off of this Budweiser robot over here, <laughs> and this stupid. And he's knocked his Anheuser Busch arm right ah. off of his body. And yeah, so this is my as uh, a friend of mine who has a uh, who has a, a tattoo shop and art gallery called uh, Amor Eterno in the San in San Antonio on on uh, East Twelfth and like Eighteenth. Uh-huh. And and he did a, a mural for us as well. His name Sal Cortez goes by Chamuco. And and dude, Kegbot's our guy. He is he is twenty feet tall on our tap room wall, and he he is made out of kegs, and he is he is fighting to keep he's fighting to keep the town safe for uh, for independent beer. If you have a picture of that, send it to me, and I'll put it on the show oh, notes for this for, for this yeah. episode because you described it, but I'm sure the listeners will want to see it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not a visual medium that we're in at the moment. Oh, <laughs> uh, Arm, this is great. So, how can people find you? So. For, you got to come on down. We are at 420 3rd Street. Cool number. Nice. Right between, yeah, between Broadway and Franklin. Look for us on social media where our Instagram is at Federation Brew. That's where all of our events and, and stuff are posted there. And we're always, we're always doing stuff. So come on down. You guys do some comedy shows too, right? Yes. Thank you for reminding me. So we have trivia every Thursday, comedy every first Friday. It's a free show. And yeah, I think those are our main regular events I would want to I would want to plug. Thank you. You're better at this than I am. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. no, I know that was uh that stood out to me about all the events that you guys do. So I definitely wanted to get that in there. Yeah, we've been doing comedy for almost as long as we've been open and it's it's the most fun we have. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, Arm, I really appreciate this. This has been fantastic. I look forward to coming down to the tasting room and checking it out. And I hope the listeners do too. Yeah, for sure. Looking forward to seeing everybody. Thank you for listening to the Town Roots Podcast. For more information about the show, to leave comments and connect with the hosts, head over to www.townroots.com. 